Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Episode 9. Dingus and Dongus, number 9. This time around is Providence by uh, Alan Moore, and art is uh, Jason Burroughs. Uh, out on Avatar Press, mm-hmm. uh, started back in 2015. Yeah, it took them a while, I think. As far were there as delays, know. or is it... I thought, I think there were delays, because uh, initially, like, uh, I think I read, like, four or five issues, and then there weren't any for a while. Oh, okay. I think. I don't but know. then again, I didn't really follow that that closely. But recently, I, I just, like, noticed that, oh, they're all out now. And I liked the first couple of issues, and it's like, yeah, why not? I had a hard time reading this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, understandable. Yeah. Well, I'm like, to me, it was a little boring. Yeah. And with the exception of a few instances, the art was also just, like, generic to yeah. me. Yeah. There's nothing special to it. There, like, really isn't that much that goes on. No, at, at all. Yeah. Until, like, the last couple issues. Really. Right, right. It's basically this dude going around fucking stuff. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> so so the story is about uh, this uh, gay journalist uh, from, like, middle America. Goes to, uh, I think, uh, New York. Yep. Uh, to, to be a big shot journalist, and so he could bang dudes without being judged as harshly. Yeah, because this is early 1900s, late 1800s. Yeah, yeah, Starting yeah. out. Right. So things are still, you know, pretty uptight. Starts off with, uh, I guess, his whole thing, his whole journey, uh, after he became a journalist in New York, was precipitated by uh, his lover killing himself. In, like, a suicide booth, basically. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> yeah. What do they call it? The, something Garden? I can't remember. Yeah, it was, like, something weird. Uh, but, yeah, they, they play a little record for you and then lock the doors, seal everything shut, and then, I guess, just pumping gas. Yeah. And yeah. you chill out to nice music. Yep. But, uh, yeah, his uh, partner kills himself and... Uh, he decides to go on this journey to, you know, uh, become a, a novelist, essentially, and, like, learning more about... Uh, the occult. Yeah. Really? Yeah, in New England. Right. And his journey just takes him around, like, Connecticut and Rhode Island and all these different places where he meets strange characters. Yes. Very strange characters. <laughs> How familiar are you with uh, Lovecraft stories? Not very. And I think if I was more familiar, I would appreciate this book more. Yes. Because basically each issue centers on, like, an alternate take on a particular Lovecraft story. Okay, I kind of assumed it was something like that. Because it felt, when reading it, this could have easily been an anthology Mm -hmm. with a loose tie stringing it together. Right, right. So I guess it kind of was. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, the the very first uh, character he meets, um, the doctor, the Spanish doctor in the... In the apartment being really cold. Yeah, that's from a story called uh, Cool Air. Robert Sweetum, or however you pronounce his name, with the basement. That's from a horror uh, at Red Hook. Okay. 
So yeah, all these uh, Lovecraft stories that tie into this, Lovecraft himself is in the book. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple authors in it. Yeah. And yeah. that also die. <laughs> yeah, they do. And the thing is, you, you find out that Lovecraft came up with his stories based on the notes that the main characters uh, wrote down. Yep. That ushered in uh, the apocalypse. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. That, so we're going to jump straight to the end. That baby Cthulhu was cute as fuck. I know. Octopus <laughs> with wings. And, and what? They like let him out into yeah. the river. They're like, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. The world is a crazy mess and you'll love it. I, uh, <clears throat> there was one point when he was in Boston, uh, Mr. Black, the mm-hmm. main character guy. And this stuck out because this little tidbit of information has stuck with me for years. I don't even remember where I learned it. But the whole molasses tank thing exploding yeah. and flooding the streets. Yep. I don't know. It's like, oh, I know about that story because of some reason in my childhood. <laughs> and every couple of years, a reason comes up for me to talk about it or something. Like mm-hmm. talking with my mom and it comes up. Yeah. It's weird. And it came up like clockwork. And that actually uh, brings up an interesting point it seems like there's a lot of like historical research that alan moore did uh, for this book because um i went online and like decided look up stuff about uh, providence and there's this whole like website dedicated to analyzing it really yeah and I didn't read all of it, in no way, but <laughs> I read part of the analysis of the first issue, and apparently, like, when he, uh, there's uh, a scene where he's walking through uh, the city and you see all sorts of signs, mm-hmm. those are, like, actual signs, signs existing? like, for existing products and stuff. Oh. That's a lot of fucking work, man. Yeah, it really is. But, you know, good on you for, for actually putting that effort to, like, make things realistic well it's his profession yeah and i guess his dedication to the craft right i just wish he wasn't so rapey all the time and yeah. so cringy yeah there's a there's a good deal of uh rape it's just why alan yeah. moore why is that a common theme i i don't know but he, he it's like in <laughs> all of his books yeah <laughs> it's in all of his books i think the worst in my opinion is the body switch rape yeah that is just terrifying. It was. And also, so, like, does possession work like that in this? Like, you, I, don't I don't understand how that. I Like, my understanding of what happened in that moment was they transferred minds. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It I don't was... know how that works. Does it don't make me take your body over again to ravage <laughs> this body? <laughs> Let's just hurry up with this shit. So technically, the 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 person who was in the little girl took over Robert Black's body to rape himself. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, double rape, I think. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Or is this like a really roundabout way to masturbate? No, there's you're, there's having... no. There's no, like, there's unwilling parties in that situation. That's true. There's no, mm-mm. <laughs> That's very clearly a rape. The question is, is it a double rape? Yeah. Because I don't know who this little girl was. Also, that's true. You never really 
Uh, well, do you? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you, like, every instance that we see of her, it could just be the possessed version. I don't know. Yeah. I vaguely recall something about, like, basically that little girl's mind was just ejected. Oh. It it's just gone. gone. It's gone. Okay. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. So she's essentially dead, but her body <laughs> is alive with the mind of an old dude. Yeah. Gross. Fucking gross. Yeah. I, one, well, there's a few things I enjoyed, but overall, boring book. I probably wouldn't have finished it if it weren't for this podcast, yeah. honestly. But I did like um, the flesh eating or flesh eater demon gargoyle guy uh, named uh, oh, King George. Yeah, <laughs> King George the Ghoul. Yes. With his big old swinging dong. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like a goofy, yeah. goofy, fun character. In between, uh, I guess, Dream Realm and, and the consciousness, real world, yeah. real world. Yeah. Here on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're, we're on that, like, a lot of the book seems to be, like, ex- like an exploration of what lies beneath everything that we see in the real world. Right. And, and then in the book, to cut you off shortly, it's very early on depicted as a literal sense mm-hmm. of beneath the real world right and then later on uh mental dream state right like just these uh these subversive undercurrents throughout society when we meet all these weirdo subversive underbelly people they're actually like for the most part fairly pleasant yeah and just like and accommodating yeah yeah really nice like uh robert uh or Sweet on the the dude with the basement. He's like, yeah, come on in. I'll show you some books. You know, we'll talk about stuff. But and... also, I want to get paid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because this is America. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> but very accommodating. When he went to uh, the the fish people place, like they're all very nice, and they're they're depicted as okay. They look a little odd. Yeah. But there's still people who you know have hopes and dreams and all that stuff. Until the little dream sequence where they looked more than just a little odd. Yeah. I mean, that was cool. Yeah. It was cool. But overall, it's like these subversive underbelly things are really aren't awful. Which, like... Well, it it turns out to be awful later. Right. When it comes to... Well, there's awful shit going on. Right. But I wonder, like, that's, that's like what is puzzling me is because it seems like... Because, okay, main character is gay. At that time, is all very subversive and bad. Right, right. Considered bad. And he's exploring these other subversive realms and seeing that, you know, all these people are all, you know, nice and normal, quote-unquote. And, like, it feels like Elmore's making a commentary that, like, you know, these things should be, like, all these things that we think are morally reprehensible or whatever well i don't want to say i don't want to go that far because then there's the rape thing right but it's like all these underbelly accepting. stuff yeah just, just be, be more ex- me accepting yeah but at the same time you got these really bad stuff happening like the rapes well and the fucking uh the wheat leaves yeah it's like incest rape and just a lineage of 
incest rape. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And then Invisible Brother or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's really weird. But then we get to, uh, when we get to Lovecraft, like, we can see how his racism, like, turned all these seemingly pleasant people into monsters because of his racism and his right. point of view. Right. So that, I thought that was pretty interesting. In his case, like, he has the power because he's the one telling the story. Right. So he's able to change the narrative of these, like, pleasant fish people being monsters. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. One thing I did have to add, though, is, like, when I got to the end, I realized this uh, ten-book, ten-issue series is actually a continuation of uh, some of his earlier works. Of Alan Moore's stuff? Mm -hmm. Okay. He did a short called, uh, I think, like, a two-, three-issue thing called um, The Courthouse, and then another two-, three-issue thing called uh, Neonomicon. And that's where, like, the pregnant lady came from at the end. Oh, okay. Pregnant lady was actually uh, inseminated by Fishman. Gotcha. Not not normal people, Fishman, but Fishman, Fishman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there's well that and that that was like modern times. The yeah. Last issue or whatever, right? Right. Because it was like a bunch of hippies, and then quote unquote modern time, like mm-hmm. one issue to the next. So I guess. The courtyard, or whatever you just said, yeah, is modern. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Court. Uh, courtyard starts with a FBI dude uh, investigating a new drug. Okay. And then finds out about it, meets a dude with a, a yellow face thing maneuver. A mask. It's not really a mask. Well, I mean, like, yeah, true. Mask. <laughs> it's a veil. Oh, oh, the yellow okay. veil. Ma- the yeah. Redeemer. Yeah. Gotcha. With the Amos family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he meets that guy, goes crazy. Uh, and then Neo Nomicon, two uh, agents follow up on that dude's case. Uh, one of them dies. Lady gets pregnant with Fishman. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And then cute Cthulhu. Hell yeah. So there is a happy ending. <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess one more thing we should note is... Um, each issue is divided into halves. Like, you get the story of what happened within that issue, and then you get a long journal entry, or yes. a series of journal entries of what uh, Robert notes. Black right. felt about or perceived about stuff that happened to him. Yep. And you can see him rationalizing everything, like, constantly within the journal. As, on a, that thing... I think that's pretty interesting, even though it was a little it, hard it, to read. Yeah, it drug it out big yeah. time. Like, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so these were based, it was it was uh, 12 issues. Yeah. Um, and each of the first 10 were like 40-page books. Yeah. And then half of that was an actual book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with like... Notations. Yeah, and it's all handwritten, so you gotta kind of puzzle out what that word is sometimes. (laughs) It does get a little tedious. And and then that combines with really not a lot happening for most of the series and mediocre generic art with a snooze fest. (laughs) I slogged through it, but I can understand. Eh, Not really. But I can also understand if you're a 
Lovecraft buff and are knowledgeable that you'd pick up on nuances I didn't yeah. and enjoy it more. Yeah. So. But, I mean, the ending was pretty cool. Yeah. And the art got better then, too. And, like, um, when the art with the non-main characters during the Wheatley area and Atoll or whatever was also cool. Yeah. I guess the fish people or whatever. Right, 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 right. So, I don't know. Uh, it's, um, if you're looking for something, like, kind of weird and different and you like Lovecraft... Do it. Read it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's worth a read, but just be warned, like, it... It's slow. Yes. It's really fucking slow. Yes. Good, uh, decent payoff. Yeah. Uh, decent payoff. Yeah. You get cute Cthulhu. Yeah, exactly. Cute baby Cthulhu. And, I keep uh, coming back to that, so that must be the best part. <laughs> Happy endings, <Yeah>. dude. Happy <laughs> endings. The album is by Sabir. I had to look up a live video to see how to pronounce that. Oh, yeah? Because my head wants to say Saber. Right. But it's severe, according to the main dude. It's an EP called Gates Ajar, released in 2018. Not quite open yet, huh? Nope, it's just a jar. Yeah. <laughs> just letting you peek in a little bit. I fucking love it. Yeah? It To me, it is what happens when Blackie Lawless and Wasp fucks high spirits. <laughs> this is what gets born. It's a, it's a fun EP. Yeah. It's a really funny EP. Um, basically, what you want out of a nice heavy metal record, yeah. you got it. Yeah. Fist pumping party music. Yeah. And it's a sleazy. Lot of, a lot of it is about sex. Yeah, it's sleazy. It's sleazy. And like, I don't know, like, I get, like, my mental con- conception of this album is like, you walk into a room and then... You, you know, you kind of turn your head, and there's a dude just jerking off. He's <laughs> looking back at you. He's like, yeah, what's up? What? Yeah. That's like, that's what this album is to me. Oh. It's like. Wow. Yeah. It's like, you just see a guy jerking off. I was like, yeah, what's up? You want in? <laughs> Why don't you come here and sit down on my. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's how uh, sleazy this, this album yes. was to me. That's a. That's probably one of the highlights of the album for me is when yep. he says those words. And then instead of saying what you think is coming, it's just a little wee. I love it every time. And also, um, ah, crap, what's it called? Like, I'm going to be on top or whatever. Rise to the top. That's yeah. what it's called. Is a very, like, uplifting song for me. It's like, yeah. oh, this is motivational. I am going to rise to the top. And I mean, and then I don't. Two songs later, um, <laughs> you get him asking a lady to sit on his face. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, no problem. Because I mean, the, that the rest of the top song to me feels like them trying to do their version of "I Want to Be Somebody" by Wasp. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you know. And then the song you're talking about, I can't remember the title. Uh, about basically a dominatrix is their version of Wasp's uh, nine to five nasty. Yeah, basically. But I mean, I'm t- in. If you've listened to Wasp and High Spirits and merged them together, this is literally that. Right. To me. And the intro, I thought it was really cool. It was the, the intro for the album is like a little. It doesn't just ambient. It doesn't really feel like it fits with it though. No, like the intro makes you think it's going to be a little. 
something else. What, yeah. Like, heavier, darker. Right. Uh, more like a, almost like a Doom. Yeah. Like a, I can't think of what, but basically like a traditional Doom, like a heavier traditional Doom. Right. Album. And it's not. No. But. No, not at all. It's it's a it's a really fun album and um, I went on the Metal Archives page and I noticed um, apparently it started in Canada and then the dude moved to Australia. I think it might be. Is it that or is yeah, it okay? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then it's like makes pulls sense. Like for sleaze like this, you should go to Australia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Because. Because. ACDC? Yeah. Like, and, like, what did the Canadians ever do? Fair. Okay, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, like, why not L.A.? Well, yeah, there's L.A., but then you had to deal with America. Okay, Australia. <laughs> New Australia. <laughs> I did, um, like, the rhythm guitar in the song Demon's Calling, There, most of it, till towards the end, reminded me a lot of, like, Kill 'Em All Metallica riffing. Okay, yeah. Um, nothing else in the song, but like the rhythm guitar specifically. Yeah. Oh, this is fucking Kill 'Em All Metallica. Yeah. Cool. And then it kind of meanders towards right. the, end of the song a little bit. On on the topic of like instrumentation, I, I did notice like there isn't really that much variety in the riffing. I, I found myself like listening to it as like swearing that I've heard like, whatever riff was playing at the time, being played earlier in the album, but not within the same song. You probably did. Yeah. I think their selling point is, I'm going to get the terms wrong, but I guess chorus? Yeah. Like, something you could chant to? Yeah. That they repeat? That's a chorus, right? Yeah. Okay. Or a hook. I don't know what the fuck they're called. The thing. The thing. Yeah. The thing that they say that you can also say if you're singing them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The one that gets stuck in your head. Right. The like good part. Yeah. <laughs> the good part. I think that's their strong point. Yeah. yeah just drink beer and headbang. Right. It's um. It's nice. It's something you would put on at a, just a party. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. There's also another, another line where he's saying, I want your nails on me while I eat you out. I also like. <laughs> yeah, go for it, buddy. There's a lot of sex. It is. Yeah. It's just the dude's fun. just jerking it. <laughs> dude's just jerking it. It's like in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, let's, come on. You game? Yeah, let's do this. So I listened. They put out a single recently. Well, I guess it's all recently. This was only two years ago. Yeah. Called Mistress Mistress. And if that's the direction that their sound is going, it's. It feels watered down compared to this. Really? And it's kind of bland. Wasn't there like kind of a gap between the EP and the single? Maybe a year. Yeah. I don't I mean, we're talking two year span here. So yeah. I don't know. And I don't know if it's the same people. I know the main guy is doing right. it, but I don't know who else. It seems like I don't know. I, I'm I kinda wonder like I remember on Metal Archives it said they the band started in 2013. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They went for two years uh, to 2015, then took a break, started again at 2018. Well, that's when this was released. Yeah. So, so I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, 
is, do you have anything else? Because <laughs> that's a long time. Well, they're, um, when I was looking online for videos of him saying their band name, because yeah. I, again, didn't know how to pronounce it, yeah. Umlauts are weird. I, right. I don't understand Umlauts. They were, they were playing songs I hadn't heard before. Okay. So they have more material, but maybe like, there's just no one to record it in Australia. Oh, well, maybe. Which doesn't make sense, but sure. <laughs> well, well, maybe he, he's just spending too much time with the kangaroos. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's a new uh, new immigrant or maybe a citizen by now. It's like, there's a lot to see there. So it's like, go sightseeing or record. I'm going to go chill with some kangaroos. Yeah, and penguins. And try not to get stabbed by venomous things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's okay. I have a feeling they may put one full length out, but this isn't going to be a band that lasts. Yeah. And the video, like, they seemed old. And the, he was wearing a lot of like, makeup. The people, the they people playing look old. They look like they're older folks. Not like Iron Maiden old, but older like than forties. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like. They're, they're yeah. It's just not gonna last. Yeah. Or maybe they're not old and they just live the lifestyle they sing about. Oh. In which case, maybe they'll die and then their music will blow up. Oh yeah. That's what happens, right? Right, right. That's that's how you get famous <laughs> by dying. Yes, overdosing. Yeah. <laughs> or car wrecks. Yeah. And then you write a song. About the car wreck. After you're dead. <laughs> as a ghost. <laughs> and then, see, uh, um, what? The the ghosts do the, the EM thing, right? So you just sneak into a studio that still has a tape, <laughs> tape set up. <laughs> and it's like, wee, 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 Yes. Yeah. That's, and that's how records are made. <laughs> By ghosts. <laughs> yes. Dingus and Dongus. They mock